Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Back to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown podcast. I'm joined on one of my screens by Spengeman Powders. It is Sunday night, uh, August 21st. My name is Jake Luke. Uh, we are entering the fourth quarter of the Ravens preseason game uh, at the Arizona Cardinals. They are currently up 24 to 3. Currently also watching the Orioles uh, in the Little League, whatever game this is. Uh, Jorge Mateo just hit a base clearing uh, RBI triple or a triple RBI hit there. So they are up five to two now, thank God, because I did not want to have to be zeroed in on uh, even just one of these games. I mean, the Ravens are up pretty pretty big here, but uh, how's it going, bud? Going quite well. Like you said, the Orioles showing out, the Ravens showing out, Ravens up 24 to three. It has been the night of the 2022 draft class. We have Mr. Kyle Hamilton making a couple plays, getting involved in some kickoff action too as well. Uh, very tight coverage, it looks like. At times, you're, you're kind of always glimpsing on the TV broadcast, but gets a pass break up in, uh, in the end zone, trying to play the run, try to throw the old, old little play action at the goal line at a jumbo from the Cardinals, and he gets his hand on it. Obviously, Tyler Linderbaum, David Ajabo not playing. Fast forward to Travis Jones. He's had three, four pressures, gets a wallop in on our boy Trace Unitas, who I thought was going to make this a little bit more of a showdown, uh, especially in the first quarter, but... Uh, the Ravens have kind of prevailed ultimately. So Jones ends up getting a roughing the passer after demolishing him in the end zone. We got Daniel Falele gritting out an injury and a really rough start to look a little bit better here as he's playing some more depth players. Then Pepe Williams has an interception. Tyler Beatty has a touchdown. Jordan Stout has dropped two kicks inside the five-yard line. Uh, not to mention the fact that Mr. Isaiah Likely, the gorilla himself, is just nuking preseason football the best preseason I've ever seen from a Baltimore Raven that uh, Jeremy Butler, I don't even think was balling this hard. No, I don't think so. Uh, so it, it's out of control. He's doing everything. He's aligned in the slot. He's lined out wide. So I'm kicking out on the weak side on some blocks, doing some nice things. So he just went absolutely super saiyan in the first half ends up, I think having like a five reception drive capped off with a touchdown, breaking tackles left and right, grabbing footballs off dudes, face masks left and right. So he's just been, out of this world so far, but this rookie class is, is just killing it. 
Yeah, starting off with what you started off with there, I think it's uh, it's really good that Hamilton made that play because he's obviously had his his uh, viral moments, viral mistakes in the preseason this year, and then I guess he you could say he was responsible for uh, what was almost a touchdown there. I think that might have been the same sequence where he got, lost his guy behind him in coverage a little bit and they dropped the touchdown. But yeah, I mean, just showing that insane alligator arm, uh, you know, jumping up there and uh, knocking the ball away, that was really good to see. And it paired up well with some of the other nice highlights that he's had in uh, preseason that the lamestream media is not talking about. So yeah, he's a big story, but definitely Isaiah Likely is the number one story. I mean, like what else can you really... Uh, talk about ahead of him uh, as far as the number one story in this game. I think he had he was eight. trending. He was number three behind House of Targaryen and another reality show. He was trending on Twitter. Number yeah, three. which which by the way, we're we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves with the recording here, but the result doesn't matter. Ravens are probably going to win, and I think both of us want to try and watch that uh, House of the Dragon uh, before we get to bed here. But yeah, I mean, he went out there like eight for a hundred and a touchdown and. My God, like he was making impressive plays. Like the one where Huntley was scrambling to his left, he did, he hit the little B button there, the Romo, and just threw one up to him. He posterized his guy. He's not just like getting wide open. He's not just, you know, relying on one sort of aspect of his game. It's pretty all around. And the touchdown too was very impressive where uh, it was three guys uh, all around him. Great throw by Tyler Huntley, just really threaded the needle there. And he hung on tight, like an NFL type catch there for the touchdown that kind of closed out his action for the night. I think he had a few more catches, but yeah, really, really impressive. There is just no need to play him next week. Is there? No, there really isn't. And we touched on it last week. You know, you can talk about his, his blocking development, whatever he he's, it's 0.1% of his blocking is going to be a result of him playing next week and getting more snaps. Uh, I'm sure they'll play him. I would not like to play him. But at the end of the day, like you said, I think perfectly summed it up. It's been everything. He's been doing it uh, by kind of separating with physicality at the top of the of routes, also being quick to separate. He has done it after the catch. He has gone up above the rim. So really is truly looking like what Mark Andrews said that he's got. He said he's got some similarities to me when, when Mark Andrews asked about him. I think he's absolutely shown that. Really hard not to be fired up around about him. Um, and again, you know, like we talked about, Travis Jones read an article about Travis Jones. It'd be one thing if, you know, it was just, oh, we never heard a thing about him, and then he had a good preseason game. But it's that he was the most productive receiver, most productive tight end in the last, like, five years. He's, he's had two top three finishes in terms of yards per route run, things like that in college, ultimately. Then, as Josh Ross makes yet another play playing out of his mind for this defense, Likely, Kyler Murray calling um, plays right now, by the way. Kyler Murray is calling plays. I, and I do like that. We're going to veer off 50 different ways. But Kyler Murray calling plays, that's a fun way to make your quarterback stay engaged throughout a preseason game. So maybe maybe it is a little bit more uh, cheeky than, than sustenance, ultimately. But I think it's a fun way to keep him engaged and a good activity to have your, your young quarterback partake in so he sees the other side of what's going on into his microphone uh, or his uh, speaker and his helmet and everything like that. So I do like that. But like we said, likely just doing it in every single possible way. Beatty with an incredible blitz pickup on that Anthony Brown touchdown to Riley Webb, who's having a really nice night. A uh, guy that has a, a bigger frame than imagine. I was kind of looking him up as we're going through here. Not someone I really put much thought into ultimately, but you know, a six one six two guy that runs well and, and played at the Citadel and is uh, running well tonight. But Beatty had an incredible blitz pickup. He was aligned to the right of Anthony Brown and scans all the way across to find the free rusher that's coming off the left edge and just doesn't panic. That's the thing. It's one thing to ID it and have to cross the quarterback's face. It's another thing to stay chill in that moment 
and stay neutral and make sure that defender has to go through you and that you don't lean one way or lean the other and then they can give you a little stutter and just whiff and then goes and hits the quarterback. So um, overall, just too many rookies balling out to get it all in, in one thought. It's it's out of hand here. Yeah, I guess another one that we can uh, hop in on there is uh, Pepe Williams, who you mentioned that he definitely, I you know, profiles really well as a zone guy, and I do get some Tavon Young vibes from him a little bit. I think he's maybe a little bit taller, but he hops in there on that interception. Uh, he was He's obviously a rookie that balled out doing so, but it was nice to see Kyle Fuller get an interception as well. He's a guy who you, I think, aptly pointed out uh, as one of these veterans that can come in that's not going to be like super hyper-focused and in hyper-drive for the training camp and preseason, but just sort of gears himself up for the regular season, knows what buttons to push uh, to conserve himself, keep those fresh legs, as I like to say. Nice to see Fuller getting in on the action tonight. It definitely is. As we're, we're watching the game here, still Kyler Murray, who you, I think, put on Twitter, basically just the way he presents himself is about as vanilla as possible, considering how electric of a player he is. That is like With- he... like thousand yard stair season with this guy like it's like you just it's a total empty vessel like and like you know i'm sure he's a nice guy he's i have a little bit of problems with the way that he carries himself sometimes and uh this is like not even as much that as it's just like dude just fucking give me something like what are we doing here you're so much fun on the field like come on as xander bogarts might have just homered off of uh yep sick five three five three no outs. All right, I'll take a solo. I mean, hey, if you if you blindly swing at Mariano Rivera, you'll hit some home runs here and there. And not that Felix is quite Mariano Rivera, but Bogart's a good hitter. 5-3. We'll see what happens. I think, he had so, a, I think Bogart's had a... So- it was a 386-foot home run to center in Williamsport. No, that was Franchi that had the solo homer earlier, but yeah. Well, no, there was another one that was just hit. Well, yeah, I'm just saying. I, I was going to say I thought Bogart's had a solo earlier, but it was Cordero. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, so things getting interesting there as Trace Unitas just continues to really hash out. But anyway, so what I was going to say is uh, Kyler Murray calls a play. It ends up being a, a fade to Andy Isabella, and you see his eyes are completely lit up. He's leaning to see the result of the play. Like, he's engaged. So I think this is just a fun full circle of Cliff basically, like, handing the, handing the sticks to Kyler in a preseason game to keep him engaged. He's pun like, in, all right, very much let's, let you, let's, let, let, let's let you play, buddy, and uh, we'll keep you engaged that way. Yeah, that is kind of cool. I'd be interested to see what that would look like with Lamar. Um, especially like with all the uh, the Roman stuff and then how you talk about how like complicated Roman's playbook can be. I would like to not only see that, I would like to have him mic'd up for that and see like what him calling plays would look like and just getting a feel for game flow. I just feel like that would be, you know, if not... Good, good content. Yeah, good quality if, content. Yeah, exactly. It would be good comedy, good content, and uh, who knows? Maybe he'd be good at it. Most certainly. Um and this is my like other big brain thought. Um, I have not even toked at all tonight, but I know that like surgeons use Xbox controllers and do like surgery uh, simulators, like doing all that kind of stuff. Like, why not make film study interactive into a Madden? Why not like you know get your own little team and get your own little playbook in there? And, Teddy Bridgewater. You know, uh, I, I remember when Teddy Bridgewater got drafted. He was like, yeah, like the. Vikings like came to me and like I told them I love Madden. They're like, all right, well, we have our playbook on Madden. We're going to give it to you and you can like, you know, kind of half study, half play Madden. So maybe, maybe teams are doing it more than we realize. That's, that's what they should be doing. That's awesome. That's cool. Very modern. I like that a lot. So with that, we have Adam Jones in here, the five-time gold glover. Spenny, can you describe what you see for likely in Andrews and how they'll be used? I imagine it might be better than Hurst and Mark. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it looks it looks like he is going to be just smoother with it than than Hurst and a little bit more uh, urgent as well to get to a spot or to turn his head around and make himself available, I think. But it's just going to be having another guy that's a big slot that can win matchups. He's probably going to try to body corners and, and angle out DBs. And, you know, we saw him separate on that long catch and run by using a little stiff arm to separate with that maybe does get called for an OPI sometimes, but they never call OPI, so do it every single time. Uh, I can't remember which PFF guy it is. One, of, I think it's Ian. He says, always, like, hashtag always commit OPI. Like, always commit OPI. So, By the way, Ian yeah, is, gonna be Ian is like, far and away the best PFF guy. Bit. What'd you say? Ian is, like, far and away the best PFF guy that people don't talk about enough. Yes, and he is one of the best on football Twitter in general, like, borderline Mount Rushmore of just being good at football Twitter. Yeah. And if not, just straight up Mount Rushmore. Have to shout him out. He's, he's GOAT status. He definitely is. Ian Harris on, uh, I think it's PFF Ian. But... Yeah, likely they're going to ask him to do everything, man. He's going to be everywhere. They want the ball in his hands. He looks very sharp after the catch in terms of being able to make guys miss, and he looks sharp understanding where the sticks are, both with the football in his hands and when he is running to go convert a first down. So I think he's going to be a chain mover. I can't – I really don't – it's just tough not to think of really big-name guys when you're talking about like aesthetic comparisons and stuff like that. He runs after the catch very similar to Travis Kelsey. The way he has like a forward lean and stays low and just kind of is deceptively quick and strong despite like a frame that doesn't look super imposing, at least off of TV. Like he he, he likes to cut back against the grain like Kelsey. Yeah, like he He's had like that, slow he had but also fast. It's weird to watch. The long catch and run, yeah. That reminded me of, uh, I put this on Twitter and I think somebody else tweeted at me too, so credit to whoever that was. It reminded me of Ed Dixon at Oregon. Like just fucking like oily hips, just like cutting back into the uh, into the center of the field and just making uh, making plays with the ball in his hands. I mean, I don't even know like if that's what I expected with him necessarily. I expected maybe a little bit more of a utility guy as the Cardinals score a touchdown there, but... Yeah, Tracy man. He's, diving for six. What a legend. Yeah, he's he's played well tonight. I don't know what's going on with the score line, but he's looked good. Um, and yeah, he really that picky through to Pepe Williams, not taking anything away from Pepe. Pepe was in perfect place, made a perfect read. The receiver definitely was supposed to come back to that ball a little bit. too. Yeah, I'm also not sure if that's going to be a touchdown. Ultimately, he smacked the pylon with his off hand. Yeah, it's like, yeah, OK, let's take another look at that. But. Uh, yeah, so there's that. Orioles get the W. And, he smacked the pylon. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the way to sell it. If you're going to, like, sell a fake touchdown, then you bring that pylon down with you, and that's the ultimate uh, the ultimate uh, giveaway. But yeah, Josh but, Ross hitting him out. Decent game for Josh Ross, who looks good in those Great pads. game for Josh Ross. I didn't, I didn't really notice him as much last week as you guys did, but, yeah, he's, he's looking good with that 46. He's got the pads kind of pumped up a little bit. He's looking like a, a real pro inside linebacker. I'm interested to see what happens with him, especially with McDonald's. Is connection. Josh Ross the best inside linebacker on the Ravens' lot roster? <laughs> you know those takes are probably out there right now. Well, I'm, re- I'm reading it. I'm reading it here, so um, those exist. But ultimately... Yeah. Great game for him. Uh, Dafe Away looked pretty sharp. Uh, Travis Jones looked sharp. I don't know. I mean, I guess Odafe Owe was the big starter that uh, got in for a couple plays because I did notice him right away with that ninety nine. And uh, yeah, he uh, he did look actually pretty sharp there. And uh, that's that's always good to see. It's nice to see starters get some run in preseason. I know people freak out about it and everything, and understandably so. But uh, it's it's just good. You know, watch guys knock the rust off a little bit. It's okay to have them in there for a sequence. I think. It definitely is. Um, 
don't know. Yeah, you know, one guy can go down at any time, no matter how many snaps they play, and then it's all you know. J.K. Dobbins last year is is the example of that. So, is what it is. But hopefully, they make it out of here pretty pretty healthy. They get the call taken back. So, twenty four to three Ravens on the one inch line. Trace puts his helmet back on. These sick black Cardinals helmets. I'm very happy that we're finally starting to tweak with uh, helmet afflictions and uh, having some some juice, put it back into the uniform aesthetic and messing with the lids. It's been too long since teams... I don't know why there was a rule lids. against that. Like the, uh, like, the helmet is, like, really the coolest part if you mess with that a little bit as Trace does score on this one. Uh, the, uh, the helmet could be the coolest part. Like, look at the Patri- like the Path of Patriot helmet. That's, like, goat shit. Like, that's amazing. Like, they need to do more stuff like that if and when available. Uh, these these are okay. I think a lot of people, you included, like them a lot. I do too. I think it is kind of weird. It seems like a little bit of a different tone than the uniform, which is maybe hard to nail, like helmet to uniform exact coloring. Maybe you would have to do like a matte as opposed to like the gloss that they're doing. But uh, yeah, they look pretty good, I think. Uh, they Yeah, I think the t- but you hit it on the head. The gloss versus the matte of the jersey doesn't quite hit right, but I still like it. I just like playing around with the helmets in general. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm definitely happy about that. Yeah, that should have happened a lot earlier, uh, I think. But you know, it's it's happening now. I mean, like people and people complain about the Ravens uniforms all the time. I'd be curious to see if they get into that uh, into that uh, discussion a little bit as somebody is down on the field here. I think it's Travis Jones, actually. That's not Great. good. Very glad he's as we're talking about it. So very glad he's playing deep into preseason. If that's the case, yep. And it's his left knee of a three hundred and thirty pound man. There you go. Well, I mean, we avoided one with uh, Falele earlier in the game. He got back in after his injury, like you mentioned, and played pretty well. So hopefully, you know, prayers up. Prayer circle for Travis Jones there, uh, summoning circle to make sure that he's okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, a, a lot of really, a lot of good things to touch on tonight. That's for sure. Well, that's a, a real stinking bummer and kind of kind of puts a, a dark cloud over anything good that happened. Yeah, a little bit. I mean... That is that is really tough to have that happen like on air. I mean, that's that's got to be worse than Steve Young having a rant on air last week that sends you into a, a complete tailspin. Yep. Don C. Spencer, great job on 105.7. How did that go, by the way? I didn't get to listen in. It uh, went well. Just basically the same thing with as with less cuss words. So same same rant, less cuss words. I dropped a flubber reference about Matt LaFleur, which I low-key do on that pod, this podcast about Roman's offense. We haven't done Flubber in a long time. I've, I've kind of missed that. Yeah, well, well, we'll talk more Robin Williams. This season, this is going to be the Baltimore Ravens season of Robin Williams uh, analogies for, for the Baltimore Beatdown podcast. I'll put it that way. This season's dedicated to Robin Williams. Rest in peace several years ago, but hey, why not? You remember where you were for that? I remember exactly where I was. I think I was just like at home on my couch. I was on a train to an Orioles game already probably pretty drunk. We had brought like rum and Coke, like in the, you know, you pour it into the Coke bottle. I was probably like 1920 at the time. Uh, I think it was the game that Manny got injured in 2014. I was at that just like hammered in the upper deck with my friends and uh, Robin Williams died on the train ride over. And there was uh, some interesting characters that were uh, around us that we were discussing it with. And uh, yeah, just a, a viral moment. Uh, I had another friend who was actually in a restaurant in Milwaukee and uh, he told the waiter about it. And uh, apparently the waiter looked like he was going to cry after he told him. So, I, uh, 
I love Robin Williams. Big Robin Williams guy. Goodwill Hunting. Travis Jones walking into the tent. Thank the Lord uh, for that. So maybe go ahead and get Isaiah Likely and Kyle Hamilton and all those guys out of there and, and kind of minimize that next week. The the oh, we're in the preseason. We'll, we're talking preseason. Just over the course of Harbaugh's tenure, going from the the gradient they used to have of a it was like starters played what a series. Then a, it was four games, a series, then a quarter in week two, and then a half. And he would play three, guys when he rested play, in week four, something like that. Yeah, Flacco would play well into the second half in week three. He'd play a half. Yeah, like it, it was it was kind of wild, like how seriously that they would take, and not even like take it seriously, but that's just kind of what teams did. Um, <laughs> hey, my, my DMs are open, and my I can be bought. Let's just say that um, we, we most certainly can. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he he would definitely take guys deep into it. But I think it really is just kind of changing around the league. Like, I think a lot of teams actually used to do that. I think people would be surprised to look back and see. But I think, yeah, starters would just play into preseason more and seems to be going away now as the preseason's going away. They've already eliminated a game. So it kind of like makes it, all right, first game is a little bit of a tune-up. Second game is sort of your dress rehearsal. Third game is whatever. And then you have a bye week, which I think makes sense. But it, it definitely is different than it used to be. It it is different than it used to be. So I don't know. Now it's a little more hodgepodge. Seems like Harbs is doing the old old dad thing where he's got his youngest kid now still in the house, and it's like, hey, do, do you want to play? Okay, then you can play. Instead of you know, tell it, it's the early Harbaugh felt like it was the the oldest and has the most responsibility on their shoulders and has to go through the whole uh, spiel of of growing up that way, and then the youngest, which I was and and you were too. Kind of a little more laissez-faire, a little more, do you want to do this, Spencer? Jake, Jake, do you want to get in there? So seems like that's been the approach to a degree, aside from the rookies who are playing a ton and obviously, you know, UDFA guys and stuff. Yeah, Nick Boyle played a bunch. I think I feel like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and make an ass out of you and me and say, I feel like that means Nick probably wanted to play a little more and maybe the idea was, hey, let's go through a whole game, make sure you're past everything, let's see what it's like soreness and recovery wise after putting a little bit more stress on the body, getting back into that callousing and stuff. And I mean, Nick Boyle is the man, the definition of a man's man. So he's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll play. I think he's, uh, so. yeah. He also, you talked about like the idea that he's like tuning himself back up. I mean, he hasn't played a ton of football the last couple of years as Anthony Brown gets picked off there. Um, he hasn't played a ton the last couple of years and uh, he's really probably going to be banking on the season. I mean, look at the, uh, the guy behind him on the, depth chart ostensibly just had a massive night they drafted another tight end in the very same round who's pretty promising like he's probably looking at this as not a make or break season but if he wants to get another contract he probably wants to uh, play pretty well so every opportunity he can get he seems like the guy to me that's going to go full throttle so 100 percent, 100 percent. uh so i think we had some something in the comments something somewhere maybe it was on twitter but it's basically saying you know like what happens with charlie kohler well nothing they're just going to use a lot of these guys and have five wide receivers and probably scrub somewhere else defensively. I, I just, again, what we've seen from likely tonight, what we've seen from uh, him throughout and knowing Mark Andrews exists, Rashad Bateman exists, you know, Proche and Duvernay, they're going to rely on a bit. And if Kohler can come in and make any semblance of adequate pass catching play, being able to be another guy that you can toy with, with matchups. And if you're able to really actually use 13 personnel and some three tight end sets and go deploy those guys, as we see Trace, is that that's not Trace anymore. No, he got okay. taken out. But ultimately, you know, those guys are all going to get on the roster. Um, how do you get 
Boyle, Pat, and Mark all in the field, Adam Jones saying here. I mean, Mark can play out wide. He can play in the slot. Last year, he spent more time outside or in the slot than he did as a tight end. And then you put Boyle at tight end, and Pat Ricard can be a tight end or a fullback or that F that comes in motion and you run off of and have him, you know, do some little decoy stuff for you ultimately. So, I don't know. Injuries also tend to happen in this sport, as we know very well from last year. So that'll probably uh, figure some things out a little bit. Yeah. As Josh Richter says here in the comments, they just will. Yeah, yeah it's just like it's one of those get things. Yeah, you have too many good football players at a position. It's like not really a, a bad problem to have, right? Like you'll figure it out. And, you know, people were talking actually a little bit about like this idea of likely playing wide receiver. And I was like, all right, let's not get too cute. Let's not play guys out of position just because we don't have – depth at another position like I just always thought that was kind of stupid like the idea of like oh well, we're just going to trade Anquan Bolden and Dennis Pitta is going to be our Anquan Bolden well then who the f- is supposed to be Dennis Pitta right like that always annoyed me but it's not really the same situation with um likely here as a Cardinal score it's not really the same situation and uh it looks like he's Garrett Garantano wow yeah it looks like he's going to get opportunities at wide receiver, he got a couple tonight, um, lining up out wider in the slot at the very least. And uh, yeah, he's he's going to be a chess piece for them big time. And he is going to help with their wide receiver woes, I will admit. I was concerned, but seems like he definitely could be one of those guys. Most certainly. We see Mark Andrews here rocking the, the wild dog Lamar chain. And the, the streak is in jeopardy now. Cardinals trying to go come back and get this one. So it's going to be on good old Tony Brown to come in and make some plays. Mark Andrews forcibly dapping up the sideline reporter. I think it's Tom Rinaldi. It is Tom Rinaldi. That's kind of funny. The idea of Tom Rinaldi. Made him go knuckles and then a handshake, just absolutely alphaing. We got a little clip, I think, that uh, Ramey got in front of my eyes today where he said Mark Andrews, uh, or it was a clip of of the NFL top 100. Mark Andrews comes in at 32nd on that list, and Mark Andrews lining up against one of the Bengals' younger safeties, I think it was, and he says – uh, watch this young blood at yep. the line of scrimmage, which that was, is just that, hilarious. That was good. And it made me realize I haven't watched enough of like the sound FX mic'd up stuff in the last couple of years. Cause that is always cool to see. It's like guys don't always say a ton. It's a lot of just like lining up against a dude and grunting five times and then like saying nice, you know, nice rep or whatever. But uh, sometimes you get a, a gem like that, even if it is a less is more one like that is, but yeah, it's, that's cool to see. And I, I need to go and watch those, uh, the videos that they post of them. Um, not as dialed into it this year as usual. I mean, I'm not even usually like that dialed into it, but I usually have watched them by the time they're out. So I'll, I'll, I'll make some time to watch Lamar coming in at, I think, 36, and then Mark at 32. I watched the Tucker one already, so we'll, we'll check them out when, when we get a chance. There we go. But with that, I mean, what else? Again, just Josh Ross stood out to me a ton in the second half here. Makai Polk looked really quick. Riley Webb making some plays too. Both of those guys fighting around a little bit. Yeah, I guess Jamar Bridges, say, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think he got one target and it was just like an awful throw and it looked like he might have gotten kind of controlled over top anyway. Uh, someone I thought that would have a really strong chance just based on the, the measurables and the kind of movements he was making on the, the football field last week. And Curious to go see what the tape had. Saw him bust off a couple nasty slants. We see Kyler Murray, Hollywood, Trace, and DeAndre Hopkins yucking it up on the sideline. What a collection. And the camera immediately goes to Isaiah Likely. Yeah, it's interesting. I think, um, yeah, that the lack of, I guess, production from Shamar Bridges is interesting. It kind of, you know, it makes you wonder, like, have they already kind of made up their mind with him after that big opening week game and the fact that he has some good traits? Uh, I'm not really sure. Travis Jones is back on the field. 
Good. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. According to Bruce that, Cunningham, and the Ravens are on offense now. Yeah. I don't know if it's good that he's on the field. I think it's maybe time to call it a night for him. There's six minutes left in the game. I don't know why he would be on. Is Bruce doing some weird. What did, what did Bruce tweet a long time ago? I oh, can't the mouthful of ass. Yeah. Harbaugh is going to get him, get himself a mouthful of ass. <laughs> you you love that more than, more than most things I've seen. Yeah, that was that was really good though. And he uh, and then I like the follow up tweet where he like clarified it. He's like, oh, well, that's just something we said back in the day about like chewing guys out. I'm like, listen, that's I you know no judgment on my end. Bruce Cunningham, a, a true legend, but that that was quite a quite a humorous it, moment. It, it's just phrases that are between different different. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to put it, but. Different phrases for different generations. We'll just put it that way. Yeah, no, it certainly is. I think it's there is a generational gap there. You get Shamar Bridges getting involved there, picking up a first down, it looks like. But yeah, there, there's, there's a generational gap with some of these uh, these phrases. And uh, I don't know, maybe we'll have to, it'll come full circle one day. Maybe we'll work that back into the lexicon for some of these uh, uh, young Baltimore uh, sports guys that are coming up after us at some point. Maybe you'll there resurface. We go. We'll, we'll be boomers eventually at some point. We won't be the real boomers, but we'll be a boomer called something else. Shamar Bridges, nice little speed out there. Yeah, that was. Receivers making some plays tonight. Makai Polk, Shamar Bridges. We got Ben Mason, Tyler Beatty. This is this is the gritty stuff, man. Up a touchdown, 22-game streak on the line. John Harbaugh's entire legacy before you. This is how, I mean, this is how deep they are. Oh, shit, that wasn't good. This is how deep they are, though. I mean, like, Beatty's going to make the team, and he's making plays, like, late into this game. Bridges might make the team. There he is making that catch. I mean, it's a decent little, decent little run here. Is that Zach Ertz? On the sideline, yeah, I would assume. I'm I'm slightly behind because I have my Xfinity stream app up here. But yeah, it's it's always been deep. Ben Cleveland's still in this game. Zach Ertz looking pretty mellowed out. He doesn't have the sunshine blonde hair this time, which is doesn't put me on edge as much. Our girl Aaron Andrews with a, a textbook Mike Hold there. Uh, just look at that stare. She just she just is a true professional, a consummate professional. She is good. I think she's one of the better sideline reporters in the game. I'm I'm probably partial to Amanda Balionis for a couple of different reasons, but uh, yeah, Aaron Andrews obviously always always gets it done. Well, at this point, just kind of waiting to see what ends up happening here. Again, want to see guys like Bridges make plays late in games. See who who of these receivers can get a little something done as the Ravens now going into third and fifteen. Cardinals possibly get the ball back and, and Cliff Kingsbury can add one to him, his legacy if he's able to uh, to snake this streak out from under Harbaugh. I've got a, I've got a bold prediction. I think we see the Cardinals with a two-point conversion attempt at a win, and I think that they get it. Mm, that's interesting. I mean, the clock management is going to be interesting too. It's four minutes and 40 left with a third and 15. If they don't pick this up, they'll have about, you know, 440, 435, something like that, uh, as they don't get the playoff there. Yeah, they, it looks like they're just going to take the delay of game. We'll see what happens with uh, the the punt god. Everyone calls Jordan Stout the punt god here, so we'll see what happens with him uh, potentially making a play. It would be nice if I could hear this Zach Ertz interview and break down what he's saying, but I can't, so that's okay. Well, ultimately, um, I don't know. Not much else. We'll see what happens. I don't know what we'll uh, else we'll have to cover, but yeah. Do you... <laughs> Do you want to stay and watch the uh, watch the rest of this, or do you want to just call it there? Uh, well, let's call it here. Let's call it here, and we can come back fresh and uh, break it down a little further later in the week. Yeah. Okay. So we we're closing this. We'll out leave, we'll leave the mystery up to you guys, and we'll come back a little a little smarter and sharper 
but less dead air. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no need for a ton of dead air, any of that nonsense. But uh, we'll close this out without knowing if the streak remains alive or dead. So there's a little bit of intrigue to this episode, a little bit of a, uh, you know, it's a cliffhanger. It's like the Sopranos ending. You're going to have to look up what happened. I'm sure you won't know. Uh, you so, won't know yeah, one bit. Yeah, we're getting a little bit meta on you. But thank you guys for listening. Thank you for bearing with us in this recording with two different games on that we're watching and closing it out a little bit early, obviously, here on a Sunday night. But, you know, it's preseason kind of whatever, don't really care about the result. So uh, we were happy to just kind of hop in here, get our get our takes in, and then uh, get ready to watch some Thrones potentially, maybe just kind of hit the hay. We'll see what happens, but thank you. We're going to be doing we're gonna be doing recaps of Thrones as well, of uh, House of Targaryen. We're getting started tonight, so we're going to have to uh, put a, we're going to put a little segment in for, let's call it 120 second recap of House of Targaryen weekly here. We can do more, I mean, we can do more than that. We just have to put it at the end of the show. Uh, I have heard, you know, well, I I shouldn't say I've heard, I've seen one review that was kind of mixed. So interested to see how this- A good buddy of mine works for Discovery, got to see it. They had a whole premiere for it, I think like Thursday night uh, at their facility there in in Manhattan. And he said he was uh, quite pleased, quite pleased. Everybody thought it was really good. So we can get on into that and break that down. So I guess uh, that'll be- Tuesday, we'll be getting into House of Targaryen a little bit, finishing off what happens in this preseason game and coming live at you again. Yeah, definitely. And previewing that big third preseason game, that's a total blowout. You know, everyone's going to be super dialed into that one. So got to be ready for that. But uh, in the meantime, follow us on social media. You can follow the show at Podcast Beatdown. I am at Jake Luke. That's L-O-U-Q-U-E. Spencer's at Ravens for Dummies. That's the number four. Thank you guys for listening here in this uh, little live early recap situation. We'll talk to you again very soon. See ya. Arrivederci. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Everything out of me. They gonna get a Super Bowl out of me. Need that. Need that.